The first question, why bother put in more effort into an organization that doesn't value me and pays me peanuts? I totally get your question. Why bother to put more effort into an organization that doesn't value me and pays me peanuts? Why should I do that? Well, let me tell you the most important reason why you should do that. And it has more to do with you than with your employer. You see, we are creatures of habit as human beings. Whatever we are doing repeatedly becomes part and parcel of who we are. And once that has happened, our actions are determined more by our habits than anything else. So if you make it a habit that for the time you are working for your employer, maybe for a year, perhaps two years, five years, ten years, you are doing the same things over and over again, these things become habits that are deeply embedded. foundation, So because it becomes such a part of your DNA character, it is very difficult to remove it from you. The longer you've been holding on to a habit, the harder it is for you to change that habit. So if you've gotten used to a habit of giving 10% because you feel your employee, your employer is giving you 10% of what you're worth, guess what? No matter where you go, you are likely to be a 10% person. Performance chayogana mumba because part and parcel of who you are. You'll find that even if you start your own business, it's very difficult for you to suddenly, all of a sudden, become highly productive, hardworking, punctual, proficient, because you have allowed yourself to sink down into a non-productive person, and it has become a habit. So the most important reason why you should give your 100% in your job is because you are forming habits and at first we make our habits and then our habits make us. The second reason is that even if you are seeking employment elsewhere, what you take with you is who you are and the character that you have. And also this can inform an important aspect of getting employed elsewhere, which is references from your current employer. If you are a certified 10% or 15%, you're only giving 10% of your effort or 15% of your effort or producing 10% of your capacity or 15%, then it's very unlikely that should a new potential employer contact your current employer to find out, to get a reference about you, it's very unlikely that they'll give a flattering or positive reference because of the reputation that you've built. So... Giving your best shot in what you're working right now is important for you looking at it from an enlightened self-interest perspective or a selfish perspective. You do not punish your boss by giving 10%. You're punishing yourself, right? It's like a husband who says, because my wife is not nice to me, I will not bath, I'll remain dirty, and I will stink to punish her. It is stupid, to say the least. So, if you are a wise person, you'll give your best to where you are so that you develop the right habit and so that should you seek greener pastures elsewhere, your employer is more likely to give a positive reference than a negative one. I hope that's answered. Question two. What is the most powerful and quickest way for me to increase my value to my employer? 
the most powerful and quickest way for you to increase the value that you provide to your employer is to be the solution provider. You really need to be someone who, when there's a problem, you apply your mind to it, you put effort, and you provide solutions. So let, let's unpack that for a moment. When I say solutions, I'm talking about getting results that provide relief to your employer on certain challenges or problems that the company or the organization might be facing. So this could be to do with one of the most stubborn problems that most employers, managers, supervisors face is to do with human beings. Human beings, just the psychology of a human being, the relationships among human beings, just getting people to get along, to work together, to focus on their work. So if you are going to be someone who increases your value powerfully and, and, and quickly, then start by addressing this area. Are you a person who brings the team together when people are fighting or disagreeing? Are you a person who can influence people that, let's put our minds together, we can address this, this challenge? Are you a person who is resourceful? Resourceful means that we all know, no matter where you go, it doesn't matter what organization, resources are never enough. There's never enough money, never enough machinery, never enough machinery with the right capacity. And there are there's always there are always what we call resource constraints. So if you're a person who can find ways of making maximum use or optimum use of existing resources, I tell you, employers would love that. Most organizations, most companies want people like that. Who, instead of complaining that what I've got is not enough, the equipment is not enough, you're saying, listen, boss, despite the fact that this equipment is old and it's, it's giving us this problem, I have come up with a workaround that ensures that we minimize the downtime or we, we speed up the repairs and maintenance when the equipment goes down. And over the past two months, look at the difference it is making. Whereas if we look at the dates from October going backwards or from September 2021 going backwards, we used to have at least five days of downtime every week. When I've tried this and I've done it, it has now been reduced to only two days of downtime. And in the month of November, we actually had zero days of downtime. So if you can be resourceful and you demonstrate that you are resourceful, you are helping the organization make more money, solve a problem, use the resources that it has more efficiently, I have absolutely no doubt that every employer would value that, that. Related to that is the issue of being creative. Being creative means you're trying out new ideas, trying out new ideas that are not high risk to the company, that don't cost the company a lot of money, but that once in a while, bring in the results. So that is actually being uh, an entrepreneur within an organization. When you apply creativity and resourcefulness, we say you're an enterprising person. If you're an enterprising employee, you are more likely to rise through the ranks, to get promoted, to earn more money than someone who is not enterprising. And the last one is a big challenge I'm giving you. If and this is not for everybody because most people can't work this way. If you really have total confidence in your ability to produce, then negotiate with your employer so that you are paid, not based on the hours that you work, but based on your production. 
I think this is more common in sales, where salespeople are paid based on the number of sales they have made. There's nothing that will sharpen your self-management than being paid based on results rather than effort. But like I said, it's not for everyone. So don't rush and negotiate this unless you're totally sure, you're absolutely certain that you're one of those people who have got a habit, who have got in their DNA deeply embedded culture of self-management, of high productivity. And you can confidently say to your boss, listen, from now onwards, may you please pay me based on results rather than based on effort. So I hope I've answered that adequately. Question three, there is nepotism in politics in my organization and most people who get promoted are either related to the boss or are in the boss's camp. Tuma yes man, netuma good boy, twemangamang. I get your question. I get it. But tell you what, you are not unique in this situation. Almost every organization has, to some extent or the other, levels of nepotism, a bit of organizational politics, people belonging to different camps. And uh, usually the boss also having a camp that is like preferred when we don't give another landlord. It is found in almost every organization. So you're not unique. And as a result of that, you shouldn't feel like, you know, you are facing a situation that is too different from what everybody else is facing. But the big question is, so what? So what are you going to do about it? Yes, there's nepotism. There's negative politics or politics that is negatively affecting productivity in the organization. And it's not always fair, but what are you going to do about it? Now, listen up. If you think about it in life, there are challenges that are beyond our control, right? So, for example, uh, the world has been thrust into this unprecedented uh, phase as a result of COVID-19. And to a great extent, most of us, other than taking precautionary measures and making sure we are adequately informed by reading from credible sources, there's very little else we can do, right? So it's the same with, with, with organizations. So there is what I call your sphere of concern. All those things that bother you, maybe depletion of the ozone layer, maybe will there be a drought in the next three, four years, and things like that. But there are things that are within your control. This I call the sphere of influence. So my recommendation to you is if you're going to be an effective person in the workplace as an employee, getting yourself promoted, etc., you need to focus on your sphere of influence rather than your sphere of concern. Focus on the things you can change. Can you change the fact that so-and-so is related to the boss? Uh, I don't think so. They are related, that's it, and the boss acts in a certain way. That you can't change. But what is it that you can change and that you can focus on? You can change all the factors I've been talking about. You can change on your, or you can focus on your self-management. You can focus on being resourceful, on, on being an enterprising person, applying creativity in the workplace. Those are within your control. So focus on your sphere of influence, on the things that you can change. Number two, related to that, closely related to that, is that be the change. Be the change you want to see in your organization. Demonstrate the qualities that you'd like the other members to have. Because when you do that, and you consistently do that, there is a chance, not a certainty, but there is a chance that they will realize that this person is here to conduct his or her work professionally. They are not aligned to any camp they did not come here as a result of being related to somebody else. But this person is here because of what they know and what they can deliver. And you can only do that 
if you are demonstrating those qualities that you want to see in other people. Right. Uh, there's an analogy I use. I don't know if I've used it in prior programs, but let me quickly touch on it. Uh, there are three types of people. There's the carrot, the egg, and the tea bag. So if you put a carrot in hot water, after a while it becomes very soft and bendable. Those are people who are passive. They let other people influence them. So if they get into an environment and people are harsh on them, they just give in and say, what can I do? They have a victim mindset. Are you one of those? I don't know. The egg people are the aggressive people. They get into an environment and if it's harsh and hard, they become even harsher and harder. They say, I came here and people treated me like a dog. Now I'm showing them that I'm a dog. Right. So both of these are reactive as far as I'm concerned because they are who they are as a result of what other people have done or said to them. I am encouraging you to be a tea bag. You put a tea bag in hot water, it changes the texture of the of the tea or of the of the fluid of the water. It changes the taste, it changes the flavor, it changes the value. So as a tea bag, you don't allow people to determine who you are, but you influence your environment positively. Is it easy? No. Is it for everybody? No. And there are people who are listening to me or saying, you're crazy, I can never do it. You are right. You can never do it because you've already told yourself you can't do it. But if you make an honest effort to stand for what you believe in, you are a person that I call assertive. What is the carrot is the passive person. The egg is the aggressive person. The person with the teabag is the assertive person. You stand for what you believe in, but you don't violate other people's rights. You don't give in and play the victim, but you are the master of your own destiny. And lastly, uh, still on the issue of how to handle politics and nepotism in the organization, use what I call enlightened self-interest. When you do the right thing, you are not doing the company a favor. You are doing yourself a favor because remember what I mentioned Every action you are taking every single day is cumulatively adding up into the habits that define the person you will become. Are we together? I hope you understand. Vanongo jikaveka kumsore koku, skapana apana. Dichango ufandijishandrava ne utinyi. I was born to suffer. Having been a management consultant and a coach, since 2003, that is actually 17 years now. If there's one important fact I have learned, it's where to put my effort and where not to put my effort. So there are certain people that I know no matter what I do, I cannot help them. So trying to work with them is a waste of my time and their time. And I know my days are numbered, so I don't waste my time with that. What kind of people am I talking about? These are people who believe whatever I'm telling them will not change them. A person who believes that no matter what Jonah is teaching me, that person I should stay away from. Not because I hate them, no, but because it's already written in the stars. It's not going to work. Your beliefs determine to a great extent the results that you obtain more than anything else. So if you believe that, you know, your employers are busy just feeding themselves like fat cats, they don't care about you, it will never work, then tell you what, you are an excellent prophet, it won't work. If somebody says, I was just born to suffer, I'm sorry, you are beyond my capacity to help you. Because there's nothing that I can say that will get into your head until you personally start confronting that belief. So as I've said in the past, those beliefs you hold do not sit in your mind for free. They influence the results you are attracting. 
That's why you find no matter what happens. Because that is what they believe in. So you need to fight that. You need to start by fighting that negative belief and really believe that you can make a difference with your employer. If you believe, I mean, I'm worried about that statement. I was just born to suffer, right? There's nothing I can do. I think that's absolutely giving up on your power. And this is something I've discussed in the past. God doesn't create junk. God has created you with with certain potentialities, with capacity. You are talented beyond measure. You cannot even exhaust your talent in your lifetime, right? And you have been exposed. You have learned some things. You've gathered some knowledge in whatever area. And I'm not just talking about knowledge from, from class, from academic learning. You have some skills. There are things you can do. The fact that you're employed in that organization means that they see some value in you, no matter how little, in a country where maybe... More than 90% of able-bodied people who are within the age group that should be working are not formally employed. You have got a job at some level or the other. But if you believe that, apana, apana, it will not change anything. I was born to suffer. Sorry, there's nothing I can do for you. And one of the things I've learned is that if someone is determined to destroy themselves, the best you can do for them and for you is to step aside so that you don't get injured in the process. Right, so that's my answer to that. My boss never sees anything good that I do. If it wasn't for the money, I would have lived long ago. But I need the money, so I work. This question actually reminds me of a story I once heard. I don't know if this really happened or it's just one of those hypothetical stories that are meant to teach us a lesson. It's the story of a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. Apparently, the mother-in-law was a mother-in-law from hell. She was the worst mother-in-law you could possibly imagine. And uh, the Morora was fed up, completely fed up, and went to somebody who was good at these things and said, listen, Sekuru, uh, give me some muti to kill my mom-in-law because I'm fed up with her. And then uh, uh, the wise man, who apparently was an evil man but not so evil, decided to give her some muti and said, Give this this woman a little bit of this muti every single day, and after a while, she will die. But in order for this to work, you have to be really nice to her. Be extremely nice. Be pleasant. And, well, I think you know the story. After a while, this lady went back to this uh, evil wise man and said to him, Listen, uh, my mom-in-law has become the sweetest person ever. Can we reverse what I've been doing? And he told her, Listen, uh, this was no muti to kill her. What I gave you... Uh, is absolutely has absolutely no effect on the body. What you did that changed is you changed your attitude. So if your boss never sees anything good in anything in anything that you do, and you're just staying there for the money, maybe just maybe if you were to change your attitude, if you were to do the opposite, where your boss is not appreciative, you express appreciation. Where your boss doesn't show gratitude, you show gratitude not only to your boss but to your fellow employees, your fellow staff members as well. Just maybe this could result in at the very least your boss being somewhat nice to you. But once again, you can only focus on what you can change. There's only one person in the world that you can change and that person is you. It doesn't matter. And I think those of you who are married will identify with this. You can't change your spouse who is actually the closest person to you, second only to God in your life. You can't change them. So if you can't change that person who is so close to you, even your children, it's really hard to change their character. So I'm saying the only person you can change is you. If your boss never sees anything good that you do, be the change. Start being appreciative. Start expressing gratitude. Start being exemplary. And perchance, 
perhaps you just might influence positive change in your boss's attitude and conduct. So in conclusion, what are your parting words? What are the most important lessons that listeners should take from this session? In conclusion, here are my parting shots. Six points I've got here. Number one, your beliefs determine your success. So do you believe you can actually be promoted and make more money as an employee? If you believe this cannot be done, you are right. You won't do it. If you believe it is possible, then there is a chance that you'll do it. So that's number one. Number two, manage yourself effectively. Remember those P's that I mentioned? Punctuality, productivity, professionalism, self-promotion, people relations, profile. Make sure you're managing yourself effectively. Number three, be the change that you want to see in the workplace. Be the teabag. So you should lead by exemplary behavior. Number four, be enterprising. You need to be resourceful. Make optimum use of limited resources. Make the best use of those resources. Be creative. Be a solution provider. All that is part of being enterprising in the workplace. Number five, Focus on what you can change. Remember, we spoke about the sphere of influence and the sphere of concern. And we said you must focus on the sphere of influence, on those things that you can change. And finally, number six, enlightened self-interest. When you give your best to your employer, you are not doing your employer a favor. You are doing yourself a favor because every action you are taking is adding into forming your habits, into forming your character. And the results that you get at the end of the day are determined by the character that you have built. So if you're interested in getting more information, remember, you can join the Success Family by sending your name to this number, 0775190718. Send your name via WhatsApp to that number and you'll not only have access to recordings, all the recordings actually from this show, but you also have access to the transcripts, the printed PDF versions of the intros that I use for every session I've had. And this is actually the 14th session we've had since the program started. So that number again, 0775-190-718. Send your name via WhatsApp. And let's meet next week as we continue on this topic, making more money.